Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad to be with you this morning. Um, if you've been with us the past seven weeks or so, uh, you know that we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians. And um, last week, Jim covered marriage. This week, I get the topic of eating meat, sacrifice to idols. And I'm sure you're all going, oh yeah, <laughs> let's see what this is all about. Well, really what this message is about is two things. First of all, Paul deals with imposing my opinions on other people. And then he talks about tripping others up. And really, when you look at these things, uh, they, they really are a couple of childish things, childish issues. Insisting that my opinion is right. Or doing something and having it trip your brother or trip someone up. Um, first, I want to talk about opinions for a minute here. We all have opinions. There's nothing wrong with having opinions. In fact, I want to do a little survey here, and I want to ask you, your opinion, which do you like best, Pepsi or Coke? Okay, if you like Coke, raise your hand. I want to see. Okay, now let's see the Pepsi. Okay, it's almost even. I think there were a few more Cokes. Okay, uh, how about this one? I like this. Um, Krispy Kreme donuts or Dunkin' Donuts? Okay, let me hear the Dunkin' Donuts first. Okay, I, I think we have a lot of people who aren't participating. Because I know everybody likes donuts, okay? Uh, now, how about Krispy Kreme? Wow, there were a few more Krispy Kreme. All right, you guys know wh what's best, right? <laughs> I I'll eat either one, but yeah, I prefer Krispy Kreme. Okay, how about Starbucks or Caribou Coffee? Okay, let me hear it for Starbucks. Okay, now what about Caribou Coffee? Okay, a few more caribou coffee there. Uh, me, personally, no, no, no. I don't like coffee. <laughs> but I prefer the atmosphere in caribou coffee. I, I think that just seems a little bit more like me. One more. Vikings or Packers? Okay, no, I know I'm re really getting in deep here, but okay. Let me hear it for the Vikings. Okay. Now, Packers. Okay, Packers, you guys are outnumbered, but uh, that's okay. Because here's the thing. It's okay to have opinions as long as you don't insist my opinion is the only one that's right or force your opinion on other people. Because when you do that, guess what happens? Fights break out. In fact, that even happens in the church. And I think that's what Paul's getting at here this morning. He's saying, you know, what he's doing is he's addressing the two issues. And the one is forcing your opinion on others, and the other is the issue of being a bully and basically tripping someone up. And when I think of these things, I think back to grade school. Those are the things that you would ex expect to happen in school, in elementary school. You know, my opinion's right. I, well, I don't care what you think. I'm right. Or... I could imagine a, a person walking with their books, 
down the aisle, and then all of a sudden a bully sticks their foot out and trips them. But yet, Paul has to deal with that here in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. What we see is Paul received a letter from the church in Corinth. If you remember, uh, Jim said that he and Barnabas had established this church, and they had one lost letter, and there were letters going back and forth, and Paul had heard some of the issues that were taking place in the church in Corinth, but the Corinthians wrote a letter to Paul. They had questions. He had answers. And last week's question, if you remember, it concerned marriage. And I'm glad Jim covered that, and I didn't have to do that one this week. Um, but this week, the question concerns eating meat that's offered to idols. I think the question for us could be put this way. What should we do when the Bible doesn't specifically speak out against something, but it doesn't affirm it either? That's the question for us. And such things really are called matters of opinion or matters of conscience. These are things that the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt not, but yet it doesn't say that we can do them either. So they're a little bit unclear. Can we or can't we? Well, these are matters of conscience. There are a lot of things that fall under the category of matters of conscience. Um, kind of to get your mind thinking, I want to mention a few of them. One thing that might be a matter of conscience is the lottery. Should we as Christians play the lottery? Or not should we, but are we permitted to? Is this something that's permissible for a Christian? Another thing might be smoking. Is it okay for a Christian to smoke? Or when I become a Christian, do I all of a sudden have to give up this habit of smoking? Another thing that could be a matter of conscience tattoos okay can a christian have a tattoo or if i become a christian does that mean all of a sudden i have to get rid of the tattoo or what do i have to do about it here's one that's relevant for this time right now this season halloween okay as a christian can i allow my children to participate in trick-or-treating or not that's a matter of conscience or what about this one? And this one probably parallels most what Paul's talking about today. And that is alcohol. As a Christian, can I drink? Is it permissible? Or is this something that I kind of have to give up? Well, if I got your attention and you want to know the answers, we'll talk about it today in this message. Especially at the end. But I want to look at how Paul addresses these issues, or this issue of eating meat that's sacrificed to idols. So 1 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Let's pick up there. 1 Corinthians 8, beginning with verse 1. Paul starts out and he says, now. Now is a transition word. See, he's transitioning from the one question, which Jim covered last week, and that was on marriage, and now he's going to the next question that the Corinthians had for him. So he says, now I will write about meat that is sacrificed to idols. And I'm sure that when you woke up this morning, you were just thinking, boy, I hope the preacher talks about this. 
I hope he talks about meat sacrificed to idols because I've always wanted to know, should I eat this meat or shouldn't I? No. I'm sure a lot of you would probably be tuning Paul out and tuning me out about this time because you're saying, I don't have a problem with this. I don't have to worry about this so I can just kind of put this on cruise control and not listen. But I want to tell you, no. You see, Eating meat sacrificed to idols was a matter of conscience for the Corinthians. And we have a lot of things today that are a matter of conscience that would fall in the same category. So therefore, we need to listen. So he said, Now I will write to you about meat that is sacrificed to idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs you up with pride, but love builds up. If you think you know something, you do not know anything as you should. But if any person loves God, that person is known by God. Now, I've been told knowledge is power. But what I found is, I don't always have all the information. I don't always have all the knowledge. And I think there's a difference between having all the knowledge and not having all the knowledge because that little piece of information that you don't have, that could make the difference between looking like an, a genius or looking like a fool. And Paul's saying, you don't know everything. You may think you have knowledge, but you don't have all knowledge. And Paul's recommendation here is, he's saying, don't count on your knowledge because your knowledge is going to fail you. Instead, you need to count on love. Lean on love. Because he's saying, you know, love builds up. It'll build you up. It'll build the other person up. And besides that, if you love, you're known by God. And I can't think of anything better than being known by God. And Paul goes on. He says, so this is what I say about eating meat sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is really nothing in the world. So now he's talking about the knowledge we have. And some of you in the church in Corinth, you have this knowledge. You know that an idol is really nothing. And we know that there is only one God. Even though there are things called gods in heaven or on earth. And there are many gods and lords. For us, there is only one God, our Father. All things came from him, and we live for him, and there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things were made through him, and we also were made through him. Now, there's a lot of theology in here, and we're not going to unpack all this this morning, but I want you to get this one thing that Paul's saying. Paul is saying, meat is only meat, and idols are really nothing at all. But some of the Corinthians didn't believe that. Some of the Corinthians thought idols were really living things that deserved their worship. And he goes on, Paul goes on, and he says, but not all people know this. Some people are still so used to idols that when they eat meat, they still think of it as being sacrificed to an idol. Because their conscience is weak when they eat it, they feel guilty. He's probably talking about people who just came, just became Christians. And these people are still in that mindset, or, or they just came out of idol worship. And so when they're eating this meat, they're thinking, you know, you know, their conscience is guilty. 
because they think in some way they're worshiping their, this idol. In verse 8, but food, he says, will not bring us closer to God. Refusing to eat does not make us less pleasing to God, and eating does not make us better in God's sight. But he goes on, he says, but be careful. Be careful that your freedom, your, your freedom, this knowledge that you have, and the fact that you're free in Christ, he says, be careful about this freedom, that it does not cause those who are weak in faith to fall into sin. He's saying if you force your opinion on these weaker brothers and they see you eating this meat, they'll think it's okay, but that's against their conscience. And he gives an example. He says, suppose one of you who has knowledge, this knowledge that really it's just a piece of meat, it's no big deal. He says, suppose some of you who has this knowledge eats in an idol's temple. Why would they do that? Well, it was cheaper there. This meat was discounted meat. And so, you know, they know that it's just a piece of meat. It's no big deal. So they either eat it there or they get the carry out and take it home. But he says, suppose one of you uh, eat, eats in the idol's temple. Someone who is weak in faith might see you eating there and be encouraged to eat meat sacrificed to idols while thinking it is wrong to do so. He's saying you may trip them up. They think in their heart that it's wrong, but you're eating there, so therefore they're thinking, well, he's doing it. It must be okay. And he's saying, don't do this. Because he goes on, he says, this weaker believer, and he's helping you to see who this weaker believer is. This weaker believer for whom Christ died. Christ gave his life for them. He's saying, this person is ruined because of what you're doing. Because of your knowledge. When you sin, and, and listen to his words here. He's saying when you do this, you're sinning against your brother. When you sin against your brother and sisters in Christ like this, by doing this, and cause them to do what they feel is wrong, you are also sinning against Christ. He's saying this is a serious matter. When you're taking these liberties... And you're tripping up a weaker brother. He's saying that's also sinning against Christ. And then he goes and says what he would do. So if the food I eat causes them to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause any of them to sin. What we find here is some of these people were being legalistic about the eating of the meat and they were saying, well, it's wrong. And they were forcing that opinion on others. They were saying, you can't eat this meat because it's wrong to do so. I believe it's wrong, therefore you can't eat this meat. Others, they, were, they, they knew that there was really no problem with eating this meat. So what did they do? They went and uh, basically flaunted this on their weaker brothers. Saying, hey, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it because I know there's no problem with this. So that's what they were doing. They were flaunting it. They were imposing their views on each other. So basically what they were saying is they wrote this letter to Paul asking him to be their judge. Paul, tell us which is right. Eating meat or not eating meat. You be the judge. 
And then we can basically tell our brothers, hey, see, I told you I was right. So Paul, he answers their letter. And Paul basically tells them, you're both right. But yet you're both wrong. You're both right in that if you're a weaker brother and it's against your conscience to eat this meat, then don't eat this meat. Because for you to eat this meat, it would be a sin for you to do it. And those of you who are eating the meat and know that it's just a piece of meat, you're not really worshiping that God, you understand. You have the freedom in Christ to eat that meat. Go ahead and eat that meat. You're right, too. But then he's saying you're both wrong. Because those of you who are weaker and basically saying you can't eat this meat, you're wrong because you're imposing your belief or your opinion on those who say it's not wrong but those of you who are eating the meat and doing it in front of these weaker brothers you're wrong too because you're tripping your brothers up and you're causing them to fall into sin and you shouldn't do that so Paul's saying you're both right but you're both wrong but what he's saying is you're not acting in love love builds up it builds you up it builds others up and besides that those who love are known as children of God they're known by God. And he's saying that's what you should be doing here. You shouldn't be imposing your rights on each other or trying to trip each other up. You should be acting in love. And instead of demonstrating love to your weaker brother, what you're doing is you're just flaunting it. So Paul tells us what the Bible says that we should do in situations like this. When there's something that's a matter of opinion. So grab your bulletins. You might want to write this down. Paul says, don't impose your opinions on others. Secondly, Paul says, don't insist on your rights if it will trip others up. And thirdly, he says, do set aside your rights if it's going to help others. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to set aside my right to eat this meat. I'm not going to eat meat again if it's going to cause my brother to stumble. And then in the next chapter, what we see is Paul uses something as an example here of himself setting aside his rights. He says in chapter 9, I'm an apostle. I have many rights. I know what these rights are, but I'm going to set, these side, set aside these rights if it's going to cause someone to stumble or if it's going to keep someone from accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So let's look at what Paul says in chapter 9. Verse 1, he says, I am a free man. I am an apostle. I have seen Jesus our Lord. You people are an example of my work in the Lord. Basically, he's setting up his credentials here. He's saying, I'm an apostle, you guys understand that, because I established the church here, I, I spread the good news here in Corinth, you know. And then he's going, if others do not accept me as an apostle, surely you do, because you are proof that I am an apostle in the Lord. And then he says, this is the answer I give to people who want to judge me. The way I see this is a correlation with the previous chapter. They were judging one another, and they were attacking each other and judging. And so Paul says, I get judged as well. 
And he says, this is the way I respond to people who judge me. Do we, we meaning Paul and Barnabas, he says, do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to bring a believing wife with us when we travel, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Peter? Are Barnabas and I the only ones who must work to earn our living? You see, Paul came and he presented the gospel and he didn't ask for money when he preached. He established this church. He did it on his own dime. He had a part-time job and then he preached and basically what he's saying is we have a right to earn a living from this but yet we're not going to charge you a thing. And then he gives uh, a, a an example, so to speak. Verse 7, no soldier ever serves in the army and pays their own salary. No one ever plants a vineyard without eating some of the grapes. No person takes care of a flock without drinking some of the milk. He's saying this is common sense. No one works for a company without expecting some compensation. And he says a soldier, a farmer, and a, a shepherd, they all expect something from their work. It's common sense that they're going to get something from their work. And he's saying, we sowed seeds among you. We worked in, in the church there in Corinth. So he's saying, this is common sense. We should get paid as well. He says, it's not just common sense, but he says, God's law says the same thing. Verse 8, I do not say this by human authority. God's law also says the same thing. It is written in the law of Moses. When an ox is working in the grain, do not cover its mouth to keep it from eating. That would be frustrating for the ox, wouldn't it? He's working, he's hungry, and he's got all this grain around him, but yet his mouth is muzzled and he can't eat any of it. That's frustrating. But Paul goes on. He says, when God said this, was he thinking only about oxen? No. He was really talking about us. In other words, he's saying this is one of God's laws that applies not just to man, or, or, but it applies to both man and beast. It's in God's law. It's not just common sense, but God's law says this. It's a principle that God established. Yes, he says, that scripture was written for us because it goes on to say, the one who plows and the one who works in the grain should, should hope to get some of the grain for their work. Since we planted spiritual food, Paul and Barnabas planted spiritual food, spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we should harvest material things? If others have the right to get something from you, surely we have this right too. Basically what he's saying is others have come here Others have preached, you paid them, but yet we're not insisting on this right. He says, but we do not use it. No, we put up with everything ourselves so that we will not keep anyone from believing the good news of Christ. Surely you know that those who work at the temple get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar get, their, get part of what is offered at the altar. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who tell the good news should get their living from this work. So Paul basically gives this argument saying, 
hey, we deserve to get paid for this. I have this right to get paid for preaching the gospel to you. But then he says, but I'm not taking that right. I'm setting it aside. Verse 15, I have not used any of these rights, and I am not writing this now to get anything from you. I would rather die than have my reason for bragging taken away. Telling the good news does not give me any reason for bragging. Telling the good news is my duty, something I must do. In other words, it's inside him. He has to get it out. He's saying, I can't not do this. It's something I must do. And how terrible it will be for me if I do not tell the good news. If I preach because it is my choice, I have a reward. But if I preach... And it is not my choice to do so. I am only doing the duty that was given to me. So what reward do I get? This is my reward. That when I tell the good news, I can offer it freely. I do not use, and he's saying I'm setting aside my rights. I do not use my full rights in, in my work of preaching the good news. I feel the same way as Paul. And you can only know this if a call is given to your life. But Paul's saying, you know what? I do this free because I got a call from God. God called me. I picked up the phone and answered it, and he told me to go out and preach. And I myself personally feel like him. I don't feel like I could be doing anything else and be satisfied. I feel like God has given me this call. And, you know, if money was no object... I would gladly do this for free. And Paul's saying, I'm going to work this second job. I'm going to work this other job so that I don't have to be a burden to you guys. And he goes on and he, he concludes this question on eating meat by telling them how he handles matters of conscience. He's saying, this is a matter of conscience for me. He's saying, I am free to, and belong to no one, but I make myself a slave to all people to win as many as I can. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. I myself am not ruled by the law, but to those who are ruled by the law, I became like a person who is ruled by the law. And I did this, why? To win as many as I could. He says, to win those who are ruled by the law. To those who are without the law, I became like a person who is without the law. I did this to win those people who are without the law. But really, I am not without God's law. I am ruled by Christ's law. And what's his law? The law of love. He's saying, uh, I'm still ruled by the law of love. And if you remember what Jesus said, Jesus said the law of love, love God and love others, that's all inclusive. If you do that, you're fulfilling the law of Moses and the prophets. So he's saying, I'm not without the law. To those who are weak, I became weak so I could win the weak. I have become all things to all people so I could save some of them in any way possible. I do all this. And this, this is the key. He's saying I do all this because of the good news and so I can share in its blessing. Here Paul is speaking directly to the people who are flaunting their freedom in Christ. They're eating the meat in front of their weaker brothers. And what he's saying to them is he's saying, hey, don't do that. He's saying you're flaunting your knowledge. 
And he says, you think that you have knowledge, I have knowledge too. I know what my rights are, but I'm not going to use them. I'm willing to lay aside my rights. And he gives two reasons for laying aside his rights. You might want to write these down. He says he doesn't want to be a cause for a brother in Christ sinning. I'm going to lay my rights down because I don't want to be the cause for him falling into sin. And secondly, he says he doesn't want to put any obstacles in the way of anyone accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So Paul's saying, that's what I do. I have all these rights, but I'm going to lay them aside. Why? Because I don't want to be an obstacle. I don't want to cause someone to sin. And I don't want to keep anyone from accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So the question for us this morning is this. What about us? How will we handle these matters of conscience? And the first matter of conscience I brought up earlier was the lottery. Well, what about the lottery? I'll just tell you personally, I don't play the lottery because I consider it to be a stewardship issue. God has given me, he's made me a steward of funds. And everything he's given me, I am responsible to use wisely. And I personally do not feel that I can use what he's given me wisely if I go out and risk some of it on games of chance. So I just consider it a stewardship issue. I know some people make money at gambling and some people lose money, but the bottom line is more, people, more money is lost at games of chance than is ever won. So I'm personally not ever going to play the lottery. The second thing is smoking. What about smoking? Well, I don't smoke because I consider it to be a health issue. And I want to take the best care of the body that God has given me. Besides that, smoking is addictive, and smoking costs money. I don't know, what is the price of a pack of cigarettes these days? It's expensive, and I just don't. But here's the thing. A lot of times what I find is we're more critical of someone who smokes while we're, we're sitting on our, our couch eating Twinkies and, and not exercising. It's all a health issue. You know, why are we picking on one thing when we're not picking on the others and we let the other one go? Here's the thing. I think God is more concerned with our spiritual health than he is with our physical health. And the question we need to ask ourselves is this. Am I spending time every day in God's word, reading his Bible? Am I praying every day? Do I make coming to worship a priority in my life. Because if I'm not willing to do those things, what right do I have getting down on someone for smoking? You see, God is more concerned with our spiritual health than he is with our physical health. Another one here. This is a hot button. What about tattoos? Well, those who are opposed to tattoos are quick to bring up Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19 says, don't tattoo your body. But it goes on to say, don't sow two different kinds of seed in, in the same field. It says, don't have your clothing made of two different kinds of material. And it says, don't eat your meat rare. You have to eat it well done. There can't be any blood in the meat. 
And besides that, when I look in Revelation, I see Jesus coming back, and he has written on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. If it isn't a tattoo, it looks like one. And I know people who have good Christian tattoos. This one guy, a truck driver at my last church, he has tattoos that are Christian tattoos all over his arms. And he said these are the best openings that he ever has on witnessing about Jesus. Because people come up to him and ask him about those. And it gives him the opportunity to speak about Jesus. Another one, Halloween. What are we to do about Halloween? Well, some see Halloween as glamorizing witches and the occult. Other people just see it as having a good time and getting some candy for your kids. I just want to say, this is one of those issues of conscience. I would use it as a teaching opportunity for my children. I mean, we were kind of broken on what way to do it. Sometimes we celebrated, sometimes we didn't. But use it as a teaching opportunity for your kids. Teach them about the occult and tell them, you know, this is why we don't dabble in that kind of stuff. Another thing, what about alcohol? Well, the Bible doesn't prohibit drinking, but it does prohibit drunkenness. And personally, I don't drink. I don't like the taste of it. Uh, I don't drink because it costs money and I don't have all that much money. And I don't drink because it could be a stumbling block for someone else, especially especially, uh, since I'm a preacher. You know, they look at me and they say, well, he does it, so it must be okay. And it It might go against their conscience. So I'm not going to do it because I don't want it to be a stumbling block. Now, where should you land on each of these issues? I'm not going to tell you. These are issues of conscience. But I am going to give you five questions that will help you come up with your own answers. And the first question is this. Is it against the law? Because even even if God's word doesn't say it's wrong for me, if it's illegal for someone my age to smoke, I'm not going to smoke because it's against the law. Second question to consider, do I consider this a sin? Because if something is against my conscience, even though it may not be against God's word, if it's against my conscience, I'm not going to do it. Because for me to do it, it would be a sin. The third question is this, will doing this trip me up? Because even though I may, it may not be against my conscience to drink, one drink could lead to another, and if I have a problem with alcohol, I could end up getting drunk. And it could trip me up. The fourth question to consider, will doing this trip my brother up? And here's the, here the issue is really a brother in Christ who considers this to be sinful or a brother in Christ who has a problem in this area. So once again, if drinking alcohol could cause my brother to stumble because they think it's sinful or they have a problem with that and my drinking may encourage them to drink, then I'm not going to. I'm going to lay that aside. And the last question to consider is that This, will doing this damage my witness? This is a matter of conscience, but if I decide to do this, is it going to damage my witness and maybe keep someone out of heaven? I want to tell you, there is nothing that I wouldn't be willing to set aside for the sake of keeping someone else out of hell. And I hope we would all have the same thought pattern. 
Paul was willing to give up a paycheck. God was willing to give up his son. What are we willing to give up? Is there a matter of conscience that you're holding on to so tightly that's a stumbling block for somebody else? Is it damaging your witness? Every day I think we're faced with situations that aren't black or white. There are these matters of conscience. And when we face these situations, I want you to think of them this way. This is an opportunity for me. I have a choice here. I can either insist on my rights or I can use this as an opportunity to demonstrate love. Heavenly Father, we know that there are many things that aren't black or white, but Father, help us to have the same heart as Paul. Help us to have the same heart as Jesus. Because we know, Father, that Jesus was willing to put aside his rights for us. And Father, um, today, you may be speaking to one here this morning or to many of us. And we may be holding on to something that is damaging our witnesses. Or we may be holding on to something that's tripping up a brother. But yet we're insisting on our rights. And Father, if you're speaking to me this morning, I just pray that you help all of us to see what that one thing may be. Because, Father, we know that people are so precious to you, so precious that we would, shouldn't insist on our way, but that we should be willing to set these aside out of love and build our brothers up and be known as your sons and your daughters. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning, as every Sunday, if you have a decision to make, if you want to know more about what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus, I'm going to be in the back on the way out this morning. Just talk to me. I'd be glad to tell you what it means to follow Jesus. Also, you may want to uh, join this church. If you want to join this church or know more about the church, just mark that on your connection card. Put it on the box on your way out. And also, you may want prayer. If you want prayer for yourself or a family member or someone else, we have people in the prayer room. Won't you see them? They're in the back of the sanctuary there, to my left in the back. But with that, God bless you. We're going to close.